Welcome everyone to the Pantheon. I'm your host, Ray. Joining me is my fellow podcaster, Evie. I'm Evie. And our first feature of the week is the movie Now You See Me Too, stars Daniel Radcliffe and pretty much the entire cast of the original film. So with that in mind, uh, let us begin. You thought that they had disappeared forever, but this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, the four horsemen. Are you listening, horsemen? You will get what's coming to you. Thank you, everybody. In ways you can't expect. Everyone get off the stage. We jumped off a rooftop in New York. Where the hell are we? And we landed in China. How, how is this possible? It's directed by John M. Chu. There is going to be a trilogy. There is a third one on its way, apparently. Uh, so he'll be directing that one. Uh, to get some of an idea of his background, he directed Step Up 2 and 3D, as well as G.I. Joe Retaliation. So with that in mind, the runtime of Now You See Me 2 is 2 hours and 9 minutes. Uh, it's been rated PG-13 uh, for mild violence and language and content. Uh, but overall, it's a visual-friendly movie, full of magic and, of course, misdirection. And the story takes place one year removed from the original film. It's a world chase, or more broader, uh, stage. The problem that I find with this film is that the film stages uh, tricks that are really covers for a heist, and bits are technical uh, misdirections. Now, these, in turn, are merely distractions covering the other schemes uh, that that hide some other agenda. Most of the major characters have motives that hide other motives and are ultimately camouflaged for the first or third motives. Now, and all of this is explained quickly through heavily narrated flashbacks, uh, proving that what we saw initially is what we never really saw in the first place. Uh, and so fear not, because uh, if, if nothing I've said makes sense to you, it's not supposed to make sense to you. Things are illogical, uh, and anyone who's doing anything in this movie uh, in the scenes and relative to each other uh, don't really add up. So whatever the horseman's up to, whatever their enemies are up to, what you think's going on is not really what you think's going on. And uh, that is the trick. It's, it's a house of ultimate ironies and as a result, the audiences are losing their focus in it. Though it's a sleight of hand that leaves your mind when you watch this movie. It's, the critics are not giving this movie uh, any kind of well respect. The audiences are not giving its uh, due. And, and now you can't find it. That's his greatest trick. So <laughs> so, so on that note, I'm going to give Now You See Me 2 one and a half stars because it has an all-star cast. We don't know what the plot is. And it's so convoluted, uh, we lose track of who is on um, who to what and what's going on. So um, it's like the hot potato of logic. And it's moving too fast for the audiences to really understand. And even though that was the intention, I think the director, uh, Cho, overstated the intelligence of the audience and made a film that, in the end, we just don't care about it because uh, we don't understand it. Yeah, I felt the same way too, Ray. I'm mm. just going to give it, I'm going to be kind and give it like um, two stars out of five. Now, speaking of this, which we're, we're going to jump uh, uh, gears now and head over to Midnight Special. Now, this is a movie directed by Jeff Nichols. And Nichols is, a, I'm going to say he's sort of a newcomer. This is his fourth film. He, in all his movies, the one common denominator is that he's had Michael Shannon appear in his movies. And out of all the films to date right now, Midnight Special is the biggest budget film he's done. Though the special effects in this one is limited, but it's used sparingly and appropriately in this case. It stars Joel Egerton, Kirsten Dunst, and Michael Shannon as the, the three leads of this movie. It has a running time of an hour and 52 minutes. 
if I have to make a comparison, is that it reminded me of Starman, but a kind of a revised version of Starman, a more uh, updated version of it. But with the, uh, I guess we would say, kind of a colloquial like uh, comparison to the Matrix because of the the actual concept of reality. Now, one of the things that makes Jeff Nichols different is that he doesn't like to give everything away. He loves to keep certain stories to himself. He does not want to give you, uh, feed you or spoon feed you the answers to what's really going on. You may like that concept, you may not. His films included Mud with Matthew McConaughey and a movie called Taking Shelter with uh, Michael Shannon and uh, Jessica Chastain. In this movie, there are some things that were never explained to you and to me personally, that was infuriating. It drove me mental. I now go into this what was that drove me nuts, but like overall, I liked the movie, how it ended for what it was and what was given to you. I actually legitimately enjoyed this film. Uh, it was enduring. The movie again is called Midnight Special, which is kind of a peculiar title because I think, I could be wrong, I think it has to do with young boy Alden, his condition where he can only come out at night and interact. So I think that was the reason why they call it Midnight Special. What do you know about Alton Meyer? Things would break, cars would shut down, that kind of thing. Others have described seeing things. Did he show you things? Yes. What kinds of things? I wouldn't know where to start. We need to know where he is. You will have no clue what you're dealing with, do you? You don't have to worry about me. I'll always worry about you. I like worrying about you. That's the deal. It's okay. I know why I'm here. Sam Shepard, who plays the leader, Calvin Myers. Uh, this cult believes he is the uh, uh, Masonic prophet who will get them ready for some upcoming events, to which no one really knows what it is. And as a result, we also have a government agency who believes uh, he has some sort of gift in which it's uh, a growing security concern. And they're introduced to the lead a uh, special investigator named uh, Paul Selvierier, played by uh, Adam Driver. Ultimately, this is a journey movie uh, of a parental sacrifices for loving their child. It's the father, it's the mother, uh, and how, how much they're willing to give and sacrifice for the love of their child. That is the general theme of this movie and how much they've, you learn how much they've given up. Now, as I mentioned before with the Starman references, uh, with the 80s, you, whenever you had like the government agency, they're always considered the uh, opposition. In this case, uh, Paul Servalier, the, uh, the, the government lead, he's actually looking for knowledge. He's actually not necessarily the bad guy. And that's, that's something you want to see in this day and age with, with the government forces and what we're going through now. You want a government that's understanding, who wants to learn to, to approach something rather than being the antagonist just because you're an official. The director took on a role by having the government lead uh, guy being a person who actually is helping Alden, but like in the process of learning of self-knowledge. And that's kind of a really interesting take they did in this movie. Just a very humane look at how this film was, was approached. And I thought Kirsten Dunst did a, an amazing performance. Uh, she's well known for her early 90s work as being a teen actress. She's matured so much uh, and aged such gracefully, but she plays the role of the mother convincingly. Especially there's a scene where she cuts her hair. Uh, it's a really interesting like look. Though limited in her appearances, uh, I thought she did she delivered uh, what was necessary uh, for this. Um, Ev, what were your thoughts? Oh, I really liked the movie. You know, lots of action, and you kind of felt sympathy for for the dad and mm -hmm. and her and the little boy. You know, and what they had to go through. I really, really liked the movie. 
I thought it was well done. I'd give it like a four out of five. And the critics gave it uh, 83 and 73 for the and Oh, for the fans. Yeah. Oh, so it's really well received. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not, like I said, it's not a bad movie. By the time the credits rolled around, I actually legitimately enjoyed this film. Uh, The problem I had was, and again, um, Nichols, like the director, he doesn't want to give too much away, and that's fine, you know, and he wants the audience to think for themselves, and that's great. The problem that I had was, it made no sense from the point of view of the, the government, because he didn't understand what it was they're after, like, what was that? What was the thing that this boy did to make them alerted government threat? Mm. There was no explanation for that. You're right. It's never truly explained. Like why are they there? They come out of nowhere. It's, a kid's got numbers coming out of his head. That's it. How is it a threat to national security? You're right. There's no backstory to explain that one thing. Is like what is the threat that this boy poses? Mm-hmm. That, that made the government aware of it. Even when they came to interview uh, Calvin Myers, the leader of the, the, the religious cult, he said to them, you have no idea what this boy actually can do. Mm. You're just following the numbers. And, and they don't explain what the numbers are, what the actual points are. Mm. We find its long, longitude and latitude. We find its um, locations. We find its uh, prop. They use it for proverbs uh, in, the, in mm-hmm. the Bible. Uh, it's interpreted in various ways. So what the actual answer is, we don't even know, and right. what and what exactly the government or the NSA has, we don't, we never know, mm. and so to understand the motivation behind it, it I found it uh, infuriating because I didn't understand what the significance is for them to get involved with. There's mm. no reason to to go to this level for this one little boy, mm-hmm. you know. There's no, th- I I didn't see. My point is there wasn't. I didn't recognize the threat this boy gave mm. through numbers. But okay. that was my only uh, ne- yeah, negativity towards the whole thing. So I'm going to get to the emails because I'm, I'm dragging out too much. Buford, mailbag song. Hit it! Letters. I get letters. So many letters. Our first email from our email bag is from Daniel uh, Terraza, number six. He writes, the movie started out great and then it totally fell apart. It dragged on with a boring chase and took way too long for the viewer to find out what the kid's purpose was. I totally agree. Once they did the review of what he was about, we found out simply was, uh, should I give this away? No. Okay, uh, and nothing more. So I'll leave it blank. So he's from this blank, why, why would his parents know already? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing with the parents and and the kid's uh, issue or problem, which I said blank, uh, doesn't gel very well. Now th- then the movie ends with the same giant structure growing in the field that looks like a giant skyscraper from Dubai or something, which, again, I mm-hmm. agree with, but we are never told. Sam Shepard's part in the movie was way too short, and they should have worked uh, him into the movie more. The movie had several other weak moments, too many to mention here. Uh, this movie started out well, but went over budget way too early in the making. Uh, they rushed through the last half of the movie, which is painfully obvious when you're watching it. Uh, I kind of agree, but not necessarily um, the, the pacing of it, there were things in this movie that if they explain what they're trying to do, even just a microfaction of like, okay, what is what is the cause of this? Mm. Why are you here? Then anything else you could have filled in and it would have been okay. Mm. But we actually had nothing to base the motivation on. Mm. So uh, our next email is from Korea. Okay. Um, Chase writes, um, it gives away too much. I think this movie is one of those 
where it's good to be unspoiled as possible. Nichols is one of those rare, wonderful filmmakers that tells you only what you need to know and trust the audience members to keep up. What makes this film even better than the nice film Take Shelter is that even after the big reveal, he leaves us even more ideas that and questions out there. Leaves just enough unsolved for us to chew on. That's all I want to say. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assumption. It's open-ended. And it allows you to model it over, if you will. Um, the director's assuming that we've never seen the trailer, and he's keeping everything close to the vest until it's time to reveal certain things. And illustrates, okay, this boy is definitely special and very unique, and as a result, uh, is a threat. But the problem is, no one knew how much of a threat he was until we got to that point in the movie. So again, it it nullifies what's, how, why are they there? Why is he a threat to them? And they don't even know his potential yet. So it it, it made so many um, things that drove me like just 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 nuts of trying to figure this out. Anyways, uh, we have an email from Howard Shulman, and he writes, "I enjoy this film, but we really don't get to know any of the characters to the extent that we feel their pain. The boy is a cipher, as is the mother. If they were to if they were so devoted to him, why did they allow the creepy church pastor to raise him? Did they make any effort to have him remain?" Uh, if the boy was so attached to his family, why didn't he, he consider staying? Why did he wait eight years before choosing to return? It just did not make sense, either logically or emotionally. I can't argue with that. That's absolutely right. Uh, in addition, there were no discussion of how Alton could use his uh, powers to benefit people uh, of the situation. Uh, end sickness, wars, and so forth. Nothing was said either about preparing people uh, for the next level presumably the next step in their blank. Sorry, it comes close, but just didn't resonate with me. Uh, I'm putting blank because I can't give away too much in this uh, story. Uh, but yeah, I, everything everyone's saying so far, there there are things, and again, Nichols' direction is not to give too much away, but by doing so, you're making people really ticked off. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we have one last email. Okay. Uh, which is from Nazima Walzi from Scarborough. She writes, they could have just called this movie Michael Shannon and it wouldn't be that much different. Shannon is an actor literally full of mystery and so is the film. He's also unpredictable, so is this film. I feel this way because Mud was named after uh, McConaughey's character and both him and his character... Um, share each other's charismatic traits. And now we got into our final feature film, and that's going to be Alice Through the Looking Glass. You've been gone too long, Alice. Time is a he. He is not someone you want as your enemy. Please, sir. The hatter is in danger. Young lady, your time is up. This cannot be good. Okay. Um, Alice Through the Looking Glass is continuation of the first Alice in Wonderland. Alice is grown up, first of all, and she's a sea captain. I would say this is what, um, 1800s? She needs to sell her ship because she's out of money because her mom accidentally signed a paper and selling that. Soon after, 
she gets a message from Wonderland saying that the Mad um, Hatter is very sad and she doesn't know why. So she goes to back to Wonderland, meets a whole um, cast of characters, and another adventure begins using the same characters. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I did like it. I thought it was well done. And I would give it maybe a 6 out of 10. What say you, Ray? Um, I would give this movie 3 stars. Okay. Um, the movie is 6 years removed from the original. Uh, the first one made a billion dollars total. Uh, this movie is answering a lot of backstory to a movie from, from a story from Lewis Carroll that was based on insanity. You know, and trying to get make sense of it all. So, similar to uh, Midnight Special, you're giving you're try, by giving answers. In this case, by giving answers to things that weren't meant to have answers for it, you bring up questions like, so why is she here? How come only she could see that, and no one else can? How come she could travel through the mirrors? And you know, because you're opening up a door for certain things. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen playing time itself was hilarious, especially with the scene with him and the Mad Hatter. Uh, all the little nuances was really, really funny about time, because time in this case was an actual person. Um, and the lessons learned was quite, actually was quite well done. Visually, it was, it kept up to the menagerie of what Tim Burton brought, uh, wanted in the first place. But visually gorgeous film. Uh, CGI was amazing. Critics gave it a rating of um, 29%, but the fans gave it a rating of 57%. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, yeah, I guess maybe the younger fans liked it because they're more kids. I yeah. don't know. Well, yeah. like, it, it, visually, it's, it's, it truly is eye candy. I mean, Definitely. it's, uh, if you've never seen it, like I have never seen it before, I was fascinated on almost on every level of the visual element of it because it's, it's a one giant world where it's a visual cornucopia of just colors and brightness and just um, a world that doesn't that truly doesn't exist and it's very cerebral, heady, crazy. So masterpiece, masterpiece. It's a giant canvas of like just a visual element. Um, uh, the story it was it was satisfying uh, and yeah, I think I, I guess yeah, Chris. For an intellectual property, you question it, but for a visual stimulus, it's it's a definitely a, a, a coup de gras. Mm -hmm. and it's and you can see Tim Burton's fingerprints are all over this thing, though oh, he, he though he's not directing it, behind the man behind producing it. Yeah, he did a good job. All right, well that ends our podcast. I'm Ray. I'm Evie. We'll talk to you later. You've been gone too long, Alice. There are matters which might benefit from your attention. Friends cannot be neglected. Hurry. When the day becomes the night, and the sky becomes the sea, when the clock strikes heavy, and there's no time for tea, and in our darkest hour, before my final rhyme, she will come back home to Wonderland and turn back the hands of time. Time is a he. He is not someone you want as your enemy. Please, sir, the Hatter is in danger. Young lady, your time is up. 
this cannot be good.